Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We all know that the deep state, the bureaucratic state, these entrenched government officials are really the ones pulling the strings. They're the ones guiding government. They're the ones working to weaponize government against us conservatives for political reasons. But who exactly are these puppeteers? My friend Jason Chaffetz, previously House Oversight Chairman, a Fox News contributor now, he's a friend and a colleague. He's out with a new book explaining who these puppeteers are, what they do, how they utilize and weaponize government against us conservatives and our interests, and also what we should do about it. We'll talk to him about his new book and what he learned in both working as a House Oversight Chairman and also in writing this book. Stay with us. Well, Jason, it's great to have you on the show. You're a friend and a colleague, so I'm happy to talk about this new book. I didn't realize you already have a bunch of best-selling books. Yeah, I can't believe it either. I mean, my English teacher is way surprised. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't mean to like no, that. <laughs> this is my fourth book. It's called "The Puppeteers: The People Who Control the People Who Control America." And I, it takes you know a couple of years to put this together. It's heavily researched, and it just peels back who the people are and tells the stories and shows the flow of money, which is really what you got to figure out in order to figure out who's really pulling the strings. You call it the puppeteers. Who are the puppeteers? So not only are they the administrative and bureaucratic, um, uh, you know, morass that's out there, but there are also some very specific people like uh, a Susan Rice or a Brian Deese or a Randy Weingarten at the, who's the, the head of the teachers union. Um, you look at BlackRock and Larry Fink, for instance, you know, they control trillions of dollars and, have said out loud, they're sort of very brazen about their objective to get in ESG and DEI into all facets of uh, America. Not only do they pull their 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 strings and the, the in the political apparatus, but they do it in corporate America. And and give you an example, Larry Kudlow was the economic advisor for President Trump. He had decades of experience in growing economies and being an economist. And 
But when Joe Biden came in, he brought in Brian Deese. Brian Deese is a BlackRock employee before that. He worked in the Obama administration before that. And, and he, uh, he, he's a climate activist. He's, he wasn't there to grow the economy. He was there to inject the Green New Deal, the DEI and ESG platforms into, into the administration. So this is what we do. We, we peel it all back and we show that and, and, um, It'll scare the living daylights out of you. I mean, it sort of shows you, too, that like we don't really have a free market anymore. I mean, corporate America and the government are hand in hand. They're sort of one of the same these days. Yeah. So in the puppeteers, that's a big part of what we're saying. You know, we just had the, a couple of weeks ago, we had this discussion about the debt ceiling. Well, the debt ceiling, what do you, what do you, I mean, the only argument was over less than 10% of the budget. Most of it is mandatory programmatic spending. And not just Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security, but it also has hundreds of other programs involved in it. They just run on autopilot. And the whole objective here with the Democratic machine is to put government on autopilot so that it never gets touched. And and that is the problem because then the corporate folks get ingrained in that to enrich themselves and move a social agenda. And that's like, for instance, the Inflation Reduction Act, right? They could never sell the Green New Deal. So they came up, came up with the Inflation Reduction Act because it's a crisis. They're going to grab hold of that. It set aside $370 billion in a climate slush fund that is run by John Podesta. Who's John Podesta? He's Clinton's, uh, President Clinton's chief of staff. He ran Hillary Clinton's campaign. It's not as if he's an expert on climate change or something. He's a political person who's ingrained in the tide and tied in with the, the Larry Finks and the corporate America. That's who he is. You talk about how uh, our, our pensions are paying for the left's climate agenda. You know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. One of the things we found and got our hands on, um, it, we have a really good state treasurer. There are some really good ones out there. But the Democratic Treasurers Association, it, it put out this 2022 corporate benefits package. Nobody had really seen this document before. And I want to read something that they wrote in this. They said, state treasurers have the power to exert force nationally because they oversee trillions of dollars and have a direct line to Wall Street, Main Street, and into corporate boardrooms. State treasurers' power will endure no matter which party controls Congress and the White House. No matter what happens in November, we will have the ability to ensure that climate risk is addressed racial inequality and gender bias is confronted and protect workers and small businesses. Well, they make the case as Democratic treasurers. In some states, they call it the comptroller or chief financial officer. They control about $2.5 trillion. So if you're a retiree, um, you, maybe you were a school teacher. Um, maybe you worked for the state of Illinois uh, or California. Maybe you were uh, you have a 401k and it's managed by uh, a vanguard or um, a, you know BlackRock. They're going to take that money, use the proxy voting to go into the corporate boardrooms and manipulate what these companies do. So you look around and say, "Wait, why are these companies all doing this crazy stuff?" You know that in the S and P 500. Over 98% of the companies, BlackRock owns at least a 5% stake. And so they have a control and manipulate by using your dollars. So if Lisa Booth has a 401k or made some sort of investment, my guess is 
it's probably being ultimately managed by BlackRock, and they're using that to push their Green New Deal, their, their social agenda, by using your dollars. I mean, how much control do politicians really have then if everyone behind the scenes are the ones, you know, pulling the strings? So here's the little story. When I was in Congress, um, it was kind of legendary. A member of Congress goes to meet with the cabinet secretary, and the cabinet secretary wasn't there. It was just senior staff. And cabinet secretary wasn't intending to show up, so the member of Congress got up to leave, and and uh, the senior staff said, no, 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 we're here to meet with you. And, he, and the member of Congress says, look, I didn't come here to meet with the B team. I want to meet with the, the member, the, the, uh, the cabinet secretary. And, and finally, the senior staff says, look, uh, granted, we are the B team. We be here before you. We be here after you. And we be the ones to actually make the decisions. And I'm telling you, Lisa, that is so true. It is so true. This administrative bureaucratic state, they're going to do what they want to do. And if you look statistically, it's something like 95 plus percent of the donations coming out of some of these departments and agencies, when they do make a political donation, they'll go to Democrats. For some departments and agencies, it's 100%. These two, I think, are puppeteers that are, are moving the thing forward. We have term limits on members of Congress, or at least we should, I should say. But we should also have them on the bureaucrats and the administrative state. How hard is it to fire certain bureaucrats? Oh, impossible. It is literally, you could probably on two hands count the number of times that that, that happens. I had to actually run, sponsor, and pass a bill that said when you move from one department or agency, that your record goes with you. Because some people would be caught doing some very salacious or just downright um, illegal things, and they would just transfer them to another department, and their record wouldn't go with them. And it, it the unions and what they've done to protect their own, it, it's what drives, drives me crazy. Inspector General Horowitz at the Department of Justice puts out a quarterly report. I still read these things. They, they make dozens upon dozens of criminal referrals. Not only do they not pursue and, and, and you know, a, a criminal prosecution, these people don't even get a demotion or, or a demerit on their record. I mean, it's just, it almost never happens. I don't think it would surprise anyone listening that we have a bunch of criminals running government. <laughs> well, there's some good, decent people, but it's going to take a strong president to go in and blow out the political class, the ones who are the political appointees, and then have some major structural reform so that you can get in, serve your country, then get out. The country would be better start, served. In the puppeteers, I advocate that we got to starve the beast. If you keep feeding the beast with all this money, that is the power, and they, they know it, and they keep doing it. That's why $6 trillion our federal government is spending. Almost one out of every 4 to $5 in the entire country is spent by the federal government. It's absurd. Quick break. More with Jason. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. 
Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I think the frustration for a lot of people is that it, it seems like neither party is really inclined to spend less. It, the fight seems to be more about what the money is spent on versus actually reining in the spending. I totally agree with you. And as I said earlier, in the debt ceiling fight, we were arguing over less than 10% of the budget, most of it's mandatory programmatic spending. So if you're not willing to address than the 90% of the budget that's driving forward, guess what? You end up with a debt that's right now we're paying about $2 billion a day just in interest on the debt. And then we have a bill that's out there where we say, oh, we're going to claw back $1.9 billion from the IRS. But they just got $80 billion, and that doesn't even cover one day of interest payment. So don't tell me that we're moving the ball in the right direction. We're just getting the whole deeper and deeper. But then, of course, the conundrum is that if you go after that mandatory spending, you get killed politically. Well, I, I think that's right. And until America actually demands it, probably won't happen. I believe that we need a balanced budget amendment in order to ultimately get there. Let the states decide if we're actually going to, to balance our budgets. But my argument is that while, me- while Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security, they have to have reform in order to save them. What about all the hundreds and hundreds of other programs that are on autopilot? This is what I think, as I point out in the Puppeteer's book, this is what the Democrats want. They want a permanency. They want government that isn't swayed by a particular election. And now it's nearly impossible, once a program's in place, I think Ronald Reagan talked about this, 
to actually kill it. And they know that. They, they created, when Obama was the president and they had the House and Senate and the presidency, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And in Puppeteers, I talk about this because it's funded not through Congress, not through appropriations by the American people. It was funded through the Federal Reserve. And, and that's scary because then there's zero accountability. Nobody elected in that process. Now, it's in the courts. We'll see how that plays out. But I think it's unconstitutional. But that's what the Democrats' vision of the world is. Government runs without Congress overseeing it. Well, and it really underscores why our founding fathers and the founding generation wanted us to have a decentralized government to avoid the situation that we are in now. Totally. This is the problem. And, and when our, as a percentage of our gross domestic product, when we're up at, you know, 22 plus percent, those are absurd numbers that are unsustainable. And, and the consequence is, I mean, we're just headed towards financial ruin if we don't do that. But there are puppeteers that want to, they like it this way. They don't care. And, and and they want power and they want money. And that's how they get it. What role did the federal government play in ballot harvesting? Well, this is one thing that uh, the puppeteers book also uncovers. Uh, it, it, it really exposes. And if, if there's one story in the book that you really want to have illuminated and, and understand it, you have to go back into March after the President Biden is put in office, um, and he issues Executive Order 14019. He puts Susan Rice in charge of this, and it directs all the departments, all the federal, like 600 of them, departments and agencies, to come up with a plan to get out the vote. Now, it wasn't a get out the vote effort for everybody. It was for, and, and literally, the executive order says, for approved non-government organizations. And we would love to see what the president, what these 600 plans actually advocate, but they're protected because Obama, or President Biden um, is claiming executive privilege and there's a Freedom of Information Act uh, request in the courts. He will not reveal what this is, but basically he wants to take all the federal departments, agencies, personnel, physical facilities to get out the vote. Well, when you have 95 plus percent of certain departments and agencies donating to Democrats, guess what? It's a Democratic machine. It's not open to Republicans or somebody other on this side of the aisle. How much money are they spending doing this? And why was Susan Rice in charge of this and so adamant that it happened? This is a very scary part of how these puppeteers work and are leveraging our own taxpayer, taxpayer dollars against us. I mean, Democrats are much better at weaponizing government and molding government to their interests and to fit their desires and, and narratives. This is where they worship. This is their altar. This is what they believe in. And um, and and it it's working for them. They just want more of it. They just don't want to live in a world where an election can destroy that. I mean, should Republicans then be better at doing the same, entrenching government with our, our own people, with with our own desires, with the things that we want accomplished and done? What I argue in the in the book, the Puppeteers book, is that we have to starve the beast, that we need to have this discussion with the American people, because I think issue wise, we're on the right side. And you got to start somewhere. You got to start clipping the wings somewhere, somehow. Um, or otherwise it's going to be forced upon us because of the financial ruin that we will have. 
in terms of elections, I look, I wish everybody would just vote on the same day with same information. Maybe it's two days show an identification, but you know, so much of this fight, Lisa, is going to happen at the state level. Elections are administered at the state level. You got to fight this with your state legislature. As I articulated earlier, it's going to be these sleepy races like the treasurer's race or your attorney general race. It really is federalism that will kind of save the day. But people ask me all the time, they probably ask you all the time, you know, what can I do? I I read this book and I get depressed and I get mad and I get frustrated. What can I do? But we try to offer solutions in the book too by saying, these are the races that you should get involved with and engage with. You know, there's a reason why the Department of Justice is going after parents because parents are suddenly showing up at, at school board meetings. And it's like, wait, what? You're going to try to, to take control of this away from us? Of course, they're going to fight you on that. You know, but there's a school of thought then that we should respond in kind. You know, if they are going to target our people politically, then, you know, perhaps they need to be on the receiving end of uh, a Department of Justice that isn't aligned with them or state attorneys or district attorneys in conservative areas going after you know Democrats. Is it time to perhaps meet power with power? I would argue that if you have the purity of what you're trying to do to defang government. Um, I want to fight with every tool, not one hand behind the back. Um, But I think if we got to build these coalitions in mass and go out and get the job done so that, for instance, school boards are actually administered with parents first and foremost in their minds, the kids and parents. We tell a story in the, in the, in, um, in the book on the puppeteers about, you know, this case where the, the school was working with a, a minor to go through the transition of, you know, changing this person from one gender to another gender, but not telling the parent. I mean, this is how aggressive these people are. They really do believe this. They, you know, one thing I, I want people to be aware of, a new buzzword, if you will, that you got to be careful of is called community schools. Randy Weingarten, at the uh, head of the teachers' union, one of the big ones, she has some $300 million at her disposal. And Gavin Newsom is really helping lead the charge in California to develop community schools. Sounds nice, right? A community school? Who's going to be against a community school? But they want the totality of the child. Everything from their haircut to what they wear. They're going to give everybody a computer. Oh, nice. We're going to give you a computer. But it's really a money-making scheme for them because they're going to take the data of everything that that 12-year-old or 10-year-old is doing and sell the data so that they can follow this person and send messages and, and teach them about their democratic heroes, not actual American history, and certainly not one with balance. That's what they're trying to do. They're, they're really making a concerted effort, first and foremost in California, to change education. And Puppeteer spends a lot of time talking about these people. They're, they're grooming these kids and these parents to be an advocate for a community school. But it's a political ploy, Lisa, to the nth degree. Quick commercial break. More on the Puppeteers. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. 
With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I think we've sort of lost purity as a country. And so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think to some degree, we might have to have a little bit more muscular conservatism given the environment that we live in. I mean, you know, you've got certain states that are essentially sanctuary states for transgender, you know, children, right? They're like where they're going to try to keep their parents away from the decision making. We're entering into a different era, in my opinion, politically, where, you know, and even to your point about the federal government with the ballot harvesting, where even elections aren't really free and fair anymore, right? Like the system is broken. And so I don't know if we have to, you know, kind of if we need to use new tactics and dealing with government and dealing with these people who, who are evil. I mean, you're evil, in my opinion, if you want to encourage children to, to mutilate their bodies in the name of transgenderism. I mean, that's an evil person, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, the world is changing. You know, it used to be when I kind of first started doing the political thing, I thought we were all fighting for the same thing, but we had a different way of getting there. I don't think that's true anymore. I think, unfortunately, that's changed. I mean, 
the idea that we had to have a, a, a national dialogue that I think is still ongoing about should we stand for the flag and the national anthem? I mean, we just saw in the Capitol students singing the national anthem and the Capitol Hill police coming over and telling them no because people would be offended. I, I mean, really? Like, I never thought I'd see the day at these types of things. So it is a scary world that way. I worry about my kids. I got grandkids. I'm old enough to have grandkids. And I, I worry about the world they're living in. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I like the way you say that, a more muscular conservative conservatism that gets after it and says, no, let's take these, these fights head on, expose them for what there is and say, no, we're not going to do that. It's a radical idea to think you're going to have men compete in women's sports. Let's have that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and it's crazy, too, because I know that we sort of have parallel lives in the sense of, you know, I live in Florida full time, but I'm up in New York quite frequently. And you're in Utah and you've you know had to live in D.C. for periodically when you were in Congress. And then also you're in New York quite a bit. So it's like you almost realize how different, you know, how we really do live in two different Americas when you live in free states like we do. And then you go into these, it's just night and day, like just everything about it, right? Like you still have people walking around in masks. Like, you know, it's it's just a different world. I, I think there's a reason why, you know, in Gavin Newsom's California, you, I mean, it's tragic, right? You see the homelessness, you see this like zombie apocalypse, you know, walking around the streets and then people fleeing, they're losing a population um, and they're going to like you did, you're going to Florida, you know, and they're going to Utah and, and Idaho and, and, and more freedom loving free states. I just hope that they don't change along the way too much that, that the, the attractant doesn't change because they've moved from something they grew up with into something that doesn't work like New York or, or California. You chaired the House Oversight Committee. What did you learn in, in that experience? Was there anything that sort of shocked you about government or, or what did that kind of teach you about the way government works? I think first and foremost, and I think Trey Gowdy was my colleague. I probably spent more time with Trey Gowdy when I was there during my time than any other person. There are other people like, you know, a Tim Scott and a, uh, John Ratcliffe I spent a lot of time with, but Trey probably more than anything. And he and I kind of compared notes and said, you know, one of the biggest disappointments was the lack of intellectual curiosity and honest reporting uh, from the national media, that these revered institutions of, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post had become political newsletters as opposed to, and advocates, as opposed to calling balls and strikes and actually telling America what's really happening in the bowels of Congress. I grew up, you know, watching, you know, Woodward and Bernstein and all the president's men saying, oh, wouldn't that be great to be the person to uncover that? And, and then I realized they're part they're, they are the problem. They are not the solution. And then the other thing is this unequal application of justice. It, it really does. It bothers me. It scares me. Uh, the weaponization of government to move a political agenda I didn't think we would use that against um, a whole political movement and party and that conservatives would be so, so aggressively targeted. You know, while I was chairman of the oversight committee, um, I had a secret service, literally the number two person at the secret service issued a statement saying it's time to even the fight 
and they had 40 secret service agents dive into my, my background, trying to find dirt on me to, to publicly embarrass me. Um, that when I got after the IRS and the lowest learner case and all that, and suddenly I have a hearing and I'm, I'm making inroads obviously. And then I get an audit, you know, a few days later, I, I just didn't think that happened in America. And it, and it does. And I saw it firsthand and it scares me. Well, I didn't know that they went after you personally. I mean, I, I knew that, you know, obviously you're going to get criticized, but I didn't realize that they had actually used government in that way against you. Well, nobody reports it. That's the thing. I mean, the story comes out and then it barely gets a blip on the map. Like, oh, yeah, well, of course, you're a Republican. Well, have you ever noticed how uh, anytime Democrats do something wrong, the article is not about the wrong that they've done. The article is about how Republicans are pouncing. <laughs> It's like it's exactly. Like, <laughs> it's so true. It's like you know that they're taking political advantages and they're pouncing. It's like what is it? They're the ones that did this wrong. It's, it's not that Joe Biden is deeply corrupt. The story is that we are pouncing on it. <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> Never it's mind crazy. that there's a highly credible source that the government has paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to, and that is documented that they had a conversation about bribery as the vice president of the United States. That's not a story worthy of our Washington Post. <laughs> Come on. What shocked you? And I mean, because obviously, you know, a lot about government, you know, House Oversight Chairman, you, know, you were in Congress, you followed this stuff for a long time. Uh, in writing this book specifically, what shocked you? How brazen they were in the puppeteers. You know, I didn't go into it thinking that the state treasurers had trillions of dollars. Um, I didn't know that BlackRock controls at least 5% of 98% of the S&P 500 companies and that they were going to not only inject their personnel into government, but they were going to fuse it together with their corporate objectives. Um, I, like, I, I didn't know any of that. And now I look at it, one of the other illuminating things in the Puppeteers book that was there is this, this whole idea that um, how... You had the Department of Justice recently come out and say white supremacy is the number one threat to America. I had to really think about it. Like, okay, if there's if there's somebody misusing that, let's let's go after. It. But is it really the number one threat to America? The number one, really? And uh, but you start to understand the political weaponization and why they need that in place in order to justify doing things that they would never be able to do otherwise. Things like facial recognition and tracking you and, and following you and ultimately to, I think, have the goal of, you know, issuing you a, a social score that they could um, put a stranglehold on the money you could get, loans you could take, places you could travel. I mean, we illustrate that that's what they do, they do in China, but I see them doing that here in the United States. And that's why, again... If you were to go pick up the puppeteer's book, I want to say go over to the horror section. But at the same time, I, I, I worry that a lot of people who care about their country and the flag and everything else, they're all fighting the wrong fights. Like, these are the fights that we ought to be fighting. These are the things that are the bigger, bigger, broader problems. That's why I wrote the book. It's sad, too, because I think. You know, sometimes, obviously, hindsight is everything. Cause you look a lot of the stuff that happened, like the Patriot Act and things post 9-11 sort of laid the groundwork for giving government a whole lot of power that they, you know, government has now abused. 
they never let a crisis go to waste, right? They they got to have something. That's why I think they're going after, you know, white supremacy. And there, there's always something like, you know, we just had this this uh, big smoke cloud come over the Northeast and it became all the news. Well, we do deal with smoke out West all the time with forest fires, but they want to use that to, to come up with new mandates. And, you know, in New York, you, you know, you should, you should wear your mask and, and we're going to have to fight climate change. And, oh, you were going to, we, we have to do the green new deal. See, this is an example. It's like, they, they don't have a whole lot of respect for the, competency and the thoughtfulness of the American people. They just think they can bulldoze right over them by, by taking every single thing and making it a political statement that ends up being more money, more taxes, um, and, and more control. That that's all. That's what they want, and they've been highly successful. You can make an argument; been successful for them. No, oh, they've been really smart about it. Sadly, you know, we've kind of you know Republicans are sort of been asleep at the wheel as they've sort of taken over the government and all these institutions, and, and now it's all sort of all the arrows are pointing in our direction. Uh, you know, Jason, before we go, lay out some solutions too, because I know you had mentioned that you know you worked on solutions in the book. What would you like to see done? What What do you think could actually be effective? in protecting Americans against some of this stuff. We have to illuminate the problem and understand where the fights are. Number two, you got to starve the beast. You you have to get rid of that. And then you have to turn the tables on them. I conclude the book um, by talking about what Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia did. He took diversity, equity, and inclusion, and he changed it. He said, oh, okay, we'll do that office. And then they changed the name, diversity, opportunity, and inclusion. And opportunity for them meant something totally different than equity. And now Democrats are on their heels having to argue why equity is better than opportunity. And you you, you look at that example and you start to realize states, governors, attorneys general, um, state treasurers, this is where the fight can and will be and will be more more successful. Pull it out of Washington, D.C. Don't let Washington, D.C. control that. I, I illuminate another one uh, where a Freedom of Information Act request going way back to the Oklahoma City bombings was initiated in Utah as opposed to you know Washington, D.C. And guess what? Judge Waddups, the federal judge there, that case is still open. And, and the Freedom of Information Act, because they aren't ingrained in the Washington, D.C. bureaucracy, that, that does a lot to actually move the ball forward. So the fight is winnable. It, it just, we have to understand what it is and then a different way of fighting. I'm glad that you lay that out. That's important. Jason, anything else you want to leave us with before we go? Look, the puppeteers, the people who control, the people who control Washington, uh, America, this if you think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are pulling the strings, no, it ain't happening. They can put in another group and these puppeteers are going to be as strong as ever. And um, I think people intuitively know it. They just haven't heard the stories. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. But you know, after years of research and my perch in Congress as the chairman of the Oversight Committee, I have some insight that maybe most haven't had. And I just hope people take it to heart and have a chance to either listen on the audiobook or download the electronic version or, or read the hard copy. And I 
Lisa, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. I really do. Yeah, well, you've seen the the corruption up close. Your friend, um, it sounds like you're going to have another successful book on your hands. Oh, I was state attorney general. That's what I was thinking. I said state attorney or, or I, was, I don't know. You know, when you I'm sure this happens to you when you're on TV and stuff, you think of something and you can't quite find the word. And then later you're like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Uh, well, Jason, it's it's nice to have you on. I hope to see. Well, I'll, we'll be on our number together soon. So I'm looking forward to catching up in person. Puppeteers, everyone go get it. Uh, Jason, talk to you soon, my friend. Yes, I'll see you soon. That was Jason Chaffetz, previously House Oversight Chairman, a Fox News contributor. He's a friend of mine, great guy, him and his wife, just a really amazing family. Appreciate him taking the time to join to come on the show. I appreciate you all at home for listening. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. Thanks for listening. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.